Hello, and welcome to the Aquarian Spirals podcast. Musings on astrology, cosmology, practical woo, non-monogamy, and just general witchiness. Your guide to love-soaked revolution and paradigm shift. And welcome to episode nine of the Aquarian Spirals podcast for Friday, January 10th, 2020. I'm your host, Amanda Moreno. I don't think I'm going to give myself any clever little title this time around, but welcome. Um, This is going to be a little bit of a fly by the seat of my pants recording. I have so much to say, uh, and what I'm going to talk about is mostly, you know, the astrology of 2020, and I've done a class on this and I'm in the process of doing a bunch of readings on the topic, uh, giving everyone their little year at a glance readings. Um, And I did a kind of like nuts and bolts timeline style half hour webinar for my patrons. But I want to talk about more of a synthesis of it because I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and doing a lot of reading and there's so many incredible astrologers who are you know dissecting the astrology of this year but a lot of it is kind of coming up short for me and I think that that's because it's a little bit it's very heady it's very um in the in the mental realms right like talking about the fascination of the astrology of this year and this kind of ambiguous oh, there's big things coming and it's very heavy and there's a lot of gravity to it, but like, what do we do with that? And so I kind of want to break it down from that perspective of, of what we do with it, you know, knowing up front, spoiler alert, that I, I don't actually know. Um, so, you know, a little bit of context here. I have been swimming around... <laughs> this information of the astrology for this year uh, for the past couple weeks, just not knowing how, how to kind of like come up with a point or a theme. I always come up with themes for the year, right? Like last year was uh, reckoning and the year before was getting shit done. And the year before that was vision quest. Maybe they're not in that order, but I like to have a nice little tagline. I don't have that yet for this year. And I think part of it is that we've, been in this for so long we've been building towards this year for so long and in some ways not a lot shifts it's just more of a climax right like if last year was active labor which I think was another one of my themes for the year uh, this year is birth Um, but we don't know where that goes and and this year and next year are honestly really scary years and I I don't think that we need astrology to tell us that um I think that anyone who is a a feeling and thinking person can look around and say like this isn't going well like even if we can even if we brush aside politics which I don't think you can just like whittle anything down to just politics at this point in time there is climate collapse um and the rise of fascism and And so it's a hard thing to talk about. And so I think that this intersects with my personal story in a couple of ways. Um, You know, I have been, I have been an astrologer for, 
almost eight years professionally, heavy quotes, most of my life, you know, as an, as an interest. But I was kind of pushed into practicing astrology full time in 2017. And, you know, long story short, I had been working at a behavioral health agency for nine years and I had been doing grant writing for four of those nine years and um, my contract was discontinued. And so, you know, I had the choice of, do I go find another grant writing contract somewhere or do I just launch fully into this business that I already had? You know, I had been running my business for about five years at that point. Um, And the election of 2016 happened and it really, you know, put a lot of things in perspective and those of you who have been listening to this podcast know that like what I feel like I'm here for is paradigm shifts. It is helping people to orient to and through the times that we live in. And so early 2017, I decided to just kind of go for it, knowing that it's a little bit, (laughs) it takes a certain blend of delusionality and audacity to do what I have done, which is become a self-employed astrologer without, you know, trust fund, partner, anything like that. Although my community has definitely saved my ass several times. But I jumped into this without a security net, uh, a financial security net in particular. And it was really exhilarating for the first part of 2017. And uh, my business was growing and I was doing really well. And then uh, right about the time that my Pluto square was coming into orb, so I have my natal Pluto at 21 degrees of Libra, I found a massive tumor in my abdomen. Uh, I was laying on my stomach at a beat. I was at a lake house with some friends. I was laying on my stomach out by the lake and I all of a sudden felt this thing. Um, and it ended up being ovarian cancer. And, and I didn't know that until after they had removed the tumor. Uh, but it was several months of my instincts telling me that it was ovarian cancer and everybody telling me that like the odds of that being the case were really low and that it would be, you know, cause I don't have a family history of ovarian cancer, yada, yada, yada. So in the surgery to remove this mass that they thought was benign, it ended up being ovarian cancer and they took out all the rest of my reproductive organs. And I was left with an incredible sense of, um, relief that it was a very early stage of a very deadly cancer and I didn't have to have chemo or radiation and so many people stepped up to help and it was just this really it was such there was such grace that went into it Uh, but I was also left with a condition called surgical menopause which I'm not going to get into here but is not regular menopause regular menopause takes 10 years or so Surgical menopause means you, you know, have estrogen one day and then the next day your body doesn't produce it anymore. Um, And I spent the following couple of years dealing with the repercussions of that. It's a very understudied um, thing, especially in in women under the age of 40. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to find doctors who would tell me something other than, you know, you need to eat less. Because I was having health problems. Um, and then I ended up having to have a second open abdominal surgery to deal, to fix complications from the first surgery. Um, and that was last May. And then I was still having ongoing 
issues and ended up finding a naturopath and and got some pretty major diagnoses, one of which is chronic Lyme disease and co-infections, and then a couple other ones as well. So my life for the past two years is is something I'm still trying to kind of <laughs> figure out <laughs> what's happened. Um, and so in the midst of what's going on in the world, it's, you know, trying to balance um, a, a life and a body and a health situation that needs so much attention while also being present to my clients and what's going on in the world around me. And so a couple of weeks ago, I had some extra money and I decided to book myself a room on the coast. So I live in Washington and the coast this time of year is like, like Seattle, it is, is gray and rainy which means I got a really good deal at one of my favorite hotels and it's <laughs> the Adrift Hotel. And I, you guys, if you live close by or like want a little mini vacation, this place is amazing. It is so well thought out. It's eco-friendly. You walk into your hotel room and it's not like it's fancy, but there's, it's so thoughtful. Like there's a mason jar with cotton balls and Q-tips and, uh, there is plenty of shampoo and conditioner and hand lotion uh, that's made with essential oils, so it smells really good. And there's robes, and some of the rooms have views of the ocean. Um, so I'm like sitting here right now in my robe with a little glass of wine, and I set up a little altar. Um, but I came here because I just needed <laughs> to rest, and I needed to have some quiet. And I don't even know if it's integrate. I don't know if I'll have a chance to integrate. I'm only here for, you know, two nights. But just being at the ocean by myself, as I feel like, you know, myself as an individual, but also us as a collective stand on the brink of something. And we've been here for a while. I mean, you can track this cycle back, right? It definitely didn't start when Donald Trump got elected. Our, you know, capitalism and and our brand of democracy, especially in America, have been a joke for a very long time. And, and we've been in this kind of state of perpetual war since, since the great wars, you know, if not before. Um, But I knew that going into this year, I just needed to have some time to breathe. And so on the way here, I was listening to Jessica Lanyato's ghost of a podcast. Um, and she was, of course, articulating some of the same things that I'm struggling with, which is whether or not and how to talk about the astrology of 2020. And this kind of like, what do we do? And, and as astrologers, how do we acknowledge the gravity of this of what the heavens are reflecting while, while not causing fear and staying out of fear or like facing fears is one of the big themes of this year. Um, but it reminded me as I was driving, listening to her podcast, that the reason that I am an astrologer, the reason that I am in this work is because I believe in this modality's potential to support social change and support paradigm shifts. And I'm not in it for just like the fascination and the oohs and ahs and the fortune telling. Um, and so, you know, what I have to say again, and I've said this, we're on the ninth episode now, I've probably said this on, on most of them, is that just remember when you're listening to me that this is all my perspective. 
And if it's not resonating for you, then, you know, come back to the next episode or put it aside or whatever. Um, use, use discernment, right? So, you know, like I was saying, one of the key themes of, of 2020 is fear. And I like to think that this year gives us a really good opportunity to restructure our relationship with fear and move through fears, you know, for the better. So there's opportunity here, right? Um, but I think that there is a lot of scary shit that is going down and will continue to go down. The second half of the year in particular looks really, really volatile and like there is great potential for existing power structures to um, go into their dying breaths. And we know that the power structures that we have tend to turn towards violence and aggression when that's happening. Um, and one of the things that's happening this year is that December 21st of 2020, Jupiter and Saturn are going to be conjunct in Aquarius. And that is marking the end of a 200-year cycle and the beginning of a 200-year cycle. So it's the end of 200 years of Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions in the Earth signs. And, and those conjunctions, which happen about every 20 years, have been restructuring our relationship to the material world, to our resources. And um, so we saw, you know, the Industrial Revolution, the Technological Revolution. We've seen wars over resources um, wars over bodies and we're moving into a different era and I think that with Uranus being in Taurus which is an earth sign there's some kind of echo here between these two things that Jupiter Saturn conjunction and Uranus and Taurus and it's almost as if again high side Uranus and Taurus, there is the potential for us to be liberated from fear-based relationships to the earth, to our bodies, and to our values and our survival needs. Um, Uranus and Taurus is trying to get us to come into values that are more in alignment with natural law. And that's another one of those taglines I use a lot. But um, right now, our sense of value as a society is so distorted. We put all value into money, right? And it, it, what is money really, right? Like the gold standard was taken away in the early 1900s. So it's not like green paper is even you can't even trade it in for anything, right? What holds money up is our inflated belief in it. And at this point, it's not even paper, right? It's just numbers entered into a computer screen. And, and some people have more numbers entered into a computer screen and some people don't. And I was talking to someone the other day about, you know, the the stock market and how this cycle of history corresponds with the crash, you know, that, that caused the Great Depression. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened again and how we really just need to move past the stock market and like the idea that you have to have money in order to get food and water and shelter. And their response was, well, but what would replace it? And I'm like, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. 
we have to figure that out. And that is part of what the astrology of this year is getting at is that like, there's no more time for denial about these things, but we have to figure it out. Um, and so the Saturn Pluto conjunction that happens this Sunday, January 12th is like I said, it's about fear, but it's also about power and control and restructuring and transforming power and control. Um, the thing being that we have true power. There is so much power in being rooted in love and compassion and authenticity and in valuing human life. And I don't mean those as like heady bypassing concepts. It, it takes a lot of work and effort to extend compassion to people. And I, again, I don't mean that in a boundaryless way. I think that sometimes, especially with ye Pluto and Libra types, um, compassion and unconditional love are very distorted. Like we, we need conditional love in some ways. I've talked about that before on the podcast. Um, compassion can be fierce and hot and protective and, you know, correlated with the Aries archetype, but um, we need to be rooted in taking care of ourselves and each other and the earth. But big stuff has to shift now and it's scary and it, it pings all of our survival fears, right? So I'm going to take a pause right now and do a couple of announcements and then I'll be right back at you. Are you wanting to learn about astrology? Are you wanting to learn about yourself? Then I suggest you check out my Patreon. Patreon.com slash Aquarian Spirals. You can check out the different tiers, including the $5 level, which gets you access to monthly new moon guidance. That's ritual guidance specifically laid out for you, as well as 25% off of any of my online classes, all the way up to $75 a month. We have things like monthly astro circles, some online, some in person. You can have access to email me with your questions. So check it out when you get a chance. Okay, so back to the topic at hand. 2020 is very much a shit or get off the pot type of year. And I don't mean, you know, <laughs> recycling or corporate boycotts, although those are great things too, but I mean organizing. Um, I mean stepping outside of our comfort zones. I have been thinking a lot about things like, you know, donating to nonprofits. I think that donating to nonprofits is a great thing, but at what point is that just paying people to do the dirty work for you? I think that, you know, history has always had these cycles where there is some kind of revolution, right? And it's usually the youth who lead the revolution. And I know that in recent years, I have had my elders saying, well, hey, I don't have time for that kind of stuff. It's up to the youth to lead the way in the revolution. And I think that that's part of the cycle that doesn't work, right? This time around, it's going to have to be all of us uh, organizing, loving each other, gathering together, and finding specific courses of action together. One of my biggest influences is Joanna Macy and... Uh, if you don't know who Joanna Macy is, she is a elder who is a Buddhist and has studied systems theory and 
it's just a brilliant, brilliant woman who talks about, you know, being in a collective rite of passage right now and the transition from a industrial death culture to a life-sustaining, life-enhancing civilization. And she talks about the work that reconnects. And, and part of that work is going into and dealing with our grief for what's happening to the world with the idea that when we go into and deal with that, then we come out again and we can see the world with new eyes. And that's where creativity comes from. And we can find a way por- forward. But she also divides, it, divides actions we can take into three main categories with the idea that, you know, we don't all have to do everything, right? So one of those, cat- one of those sections is folks who go out and perform holding actions. Okay, so that's protests and rallies and sit-ins, more of what we would call the activism type of work. Um, And so those are the actions that they they maintain the status quo, but not in a bad way. It just keeps it from getting worse. Then there's the folks who are invested in studying processes and systems and infrastructures and changing them. Okay, and so they're learning about how we got to be where we are and and how we're going to change it. And, you know, they can also be the folks who like, you know, prepare food for the people who are going to the sit-ins or do aftercare for those people. And then there's people who are invested in consciousness studies. And so that's when it gets into, you know, not just studying human consciousness, but our values and our behaviors and how they line up. And so those three pieces can kind of work together to create change. And I'm really, really super nutshelling a, a vast and complex idea. Um, but if you want to check out Joanna Macy's work, I, I highly suggest it. But I think that with Saturn moving into Aquarius this year, you know, it can be a lot of things. But if I just talk about the high notes of it, I think that um, it can be an energy that really helps us to restructure our, our communities and our networks, and it could be an energy that helps us to restructure our society and and our future in a way that's in the best interests of all, right? So Aquarius and its shadow side can be very stubborn and fixed, or it can be dissociative, but it also is an energy that is able to synthesize a multitude of different parts into a cohesive whole, right? Like Aquarians are are what I would call the true psychics of the zodiac. not psychic in that watery cancer Scorpio Pisces way where they're just feeling and knowing, but psychic in that like they can just intuit a bunch of information really quickly and see possible outcomes. So that Saturn and Aquarius energy is energy that helps us to build the future. So it is important to keep thinking about what you want the future to look like. And and I I mean that in a couple different ways. One is like when you tap into what you want the future to look at, it brings that heart warmth and it gives you something to strive for, but also we have to imagine it so that we can start figuring out how to get there. What does that future look like with you in your power, with us in our power? And so we have this full moon eclipse in Cancer that's happening. Well, it'll be tomorrow as I, as I record this, but probably today as you're listening to this or maybe later, Friday the 10th. Um, and it's ending an eclipse window. And this is kind of a little baby eclipse. The bigger one was the one back in December, two weeks ago or 10 years ago. (laughs) Um, 
So eclipse cycles can take about six months to unravel, unfurl. And, you know, we saw tensions with Iran increase, tensions with Iraq increase, probably tensions with the whole world increase during this eclipse window. And that will undoubtedly have echoes throughout the course of this year. Um, But at the personal level, I think this full moon really has to do with legacy. That is a Cancerian theme. So what legacy do you want to leave? What ancestral patterns are you done with? This is not the final eclipse in the Capricorn Cancer series, but, but it's close. We have one more, maybe two more in the summer. Uh, but one more set of eclipses in Cancer Capricorn. And it very much is that question of what conditioning needs to go, right? And what emotional ties need to go right now? And and what are you mourning or grieving the loss of? All right. So that question of legacy is an important one to consider. And then remembering that the Cancer Capricorn axis also has to do with nationalism, right? So rigid identification with the motherland, with the family, right? There's that narrowing that comes in. And we have been being asked to cultivate emotional maturation in the past couple of years as a society, um, in a society that has really distorted conditioning about what emotional maturity looks like hint it is not repressing denying and sucking it up okay so all of this capricorn is about unpacking and undoing our conditioning and unrepressing things not to like lash out and become an overly subjective mess although sometimes that is a very valid part of the process um but we've been in this energy for so long. And like I said, I think that's part of why I, you know, every time I try to write about the astrology of the year or even like talk to people about it in classes and stuff, I just am like, ugh, been there, done that. Okay. But what we're in now is the concrete repercussions of, you know, the past couple of years or of capitalism. Um, Not because you or I are bad, did something wrong but but we have continued erosion of our civil liberties and we have the you know continued crashing of our climate and we can't love and light ourselves out of this and we can't deny our way out of it too um although i did you know i i really do actually love me some love and light (laughs) And I I think that that is part of the equation, but it's not enough on its own. So what can we do, right? Pay attention. Um, Support people who are in the trenches, whether that is journalists or therapists or astrologers or, you know, other healers or teachers. Um, And you can support people in lots of different ways, asking them how they are. Paying them for their services is really important. Uh, spreading the word. Hey, by the way, you know, if you (laughs) rate this podcast or tell your friends about it or leave a review, that's really helpful for me. Um, 
in terms of the journalism piece, you know, fact check, cite your sources, think before you share something on social media. What else can we do? Therapize, man. Go to therapy if you're able to, right? Not because there's something wrong with you, but because that is a process of emotional maturation. And again, just recognizing that therapy is a privilege in our culture. Um, so not everybody can afford it, but if you can make time for that. Speaking of privilege, uh, respect your privilege, right? Like if you have it, use it. Stand up for other people who don't have as much privilege as you or make good use of it. And this isn't saying like get involved in a clusterfuck of guilt and shame around it, right? Like if that's going on, again, the therapy thing can come in really handy. Um, but be aware of your privilege and make space for difference and make space for minorities and look outside of your worldview. And may early May, I think it's May 4th, the nose and the moon switch from Cancer Capricorn to Gemini Sagittarius. And once the North Node's in Gemini, that's a really good time to practice the Gemini medicine of listening and dialogue for the sake of dialogue and engaging with curiosity and wonder and awe to learn new things. Connect with yourself. Connect with others. Our connections and our communities are what are going to get us through the coming years. Get your hands dirty. Get involved. Learn. Be curious. Again, um, you know, Seattle folks, there are so many resources in our dear city. Madrona House Apothecary has so many um, really amazing things going on, like, you know, decentering our privilege workshops or grief rituals, which I'm going to one next week. Um, learning about plant medicine. Uh, I'll be doing lots of astrology classes there. There's Cunning Crow Apothecary. There's so many different things going on in our city. Um, and if you live in a city where, or a town where there isn't stuff like that, there's so much stuff going on online, right? Other things you can do, question leadership with discernment. And I'm not talking about call-out culture. I think call-out culture is actually going to ultimately harm us if it keeps on the trajectory that it's on. Um, so... Know your limits, friends. Be gentle with yourself where you can be stern but not punishing with yourself communicate i know a lot of you are very empathic um, and super sensitive so work with your boundaries learn tools for energetic hygiene and good communication skills um, this maturation process we're in just doesn't look fun this year it looks intense and scary and i don't need astrology to tell me that you know <laughs> things don't look good. Um, that doesn't mean we're not going to come out the other side, but we are in it. So we need big change and there are no guarantees with that. There's no savior. There's only coming together from a place of power and compassion and insight and fierce, fierce love. So 
think that that's all that I have to say for now. As always, if you have questions that you, you know, want answered on the podcast or just in general, you can email me, Amanda at AquarianSpirals.com. Um, I have class coming up at North Seattle College, Astrology for, for Personal Growth. Um, Astro Circle this month at Madrona House is going to be Queering Astrology, which will be experience, experiential astrology. That'll be really fun. I have upcoming workshops on Saturn and Aquarius and Venus Retrograde, all kinds of things. I'm open for suggestions. Um, but please do take care and sending love to everyone. And if, you know, you need a little extra loving, I am doing a full moon call for this lunar eclipse where I'm just going to have people do some journeying to get some healing. We'll invite in healing grandmothers, probably some animal spirits, um, and do that focus on legacy. So if that's something you're into, you can join my Patreon at any level to attend the live call or the 10 plus levels to get the recording. You can always join for $10 and then leave if you don't want to do the recurring monthly thing. But I think that in the months to come, I'm increasingly going to focus on that kind of, you know, not just rejuvenation and love and light type of journey work, but going deep and trying to help us connect and get some soothing and healing. So bye for now, friends. I will see you next time.